Thanks so much for joining us, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, we appreciate it very much. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, and as I have now been dubbed, Belcher Two Belts, and I don't know why. Um, Chris Belcher, thanks again for being with us, and with me tonight on this very special bonus edition is my brother from another mother, in the flesh, in the same room, the whole podcasting show Jared Justice is in the house. What's happening, man? What's the haps? That, that is Sam Roberts' line that I steal all the time. What's the haps? Um, I'll use that one here in a minute because joining us is the host of the Dorks Next Door podcast, the man himself, the fifth man, the honorable mention in the Music City Mania family. Mr. Andy York is back with us, our resident NXT slash indie expert. Andy, what's the haps? Not much, man. Just watched a fantastic show. I like being dubbed the indie guy. Like the it makes indie me the, it makes me the cool guy. So you know, that is true. I'm, I'm fine with that. That is true. Andy is our resident indie expert, so we always like to bring him on, especially when we're doing NXT stuff, because he has more of a context of these people than we do. The indie independent. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Beltra Two Bells, yeah. the Andy Independent. Yeah. The Hulkster. You're going to be the Hulkster. You and your bandana and your T-shirt. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. Um, so, guys, let's. Uh, as you're hearing this, you may be listening to this tonight after NXT TakeOver, which is when this is going to drop. You may be listening to it as you prepare for SummerSlam. Uh, we're going to have a bonus show about that as well. But we have announced on this show that we are about to take a hiatus. We're about to walk away, learn a new hold, as JR would say, and then come back better than ever. But we told you we were going to flood you with bonus episodes this weekend, and that's exactly what we are about to do. If my voice sounds a little scratchy, I'm sorry. We had a really good time watching NXT TakeOver. We just watched an insane main event. Let's talk about that first. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano. Cole retains the championship in an insane third fall. Um, we talked about this before we started or before the match started and throughout the first fall. It takes them a long time to get ramped up on that first fall. But boy, when they do, these two guys absolutely know how to tear the house down. The fans were in it. I felt like the whole time, even when we felt like it was slow, I felt like the crowd was really in it. Yeah, man, it was, uh, you know, it, it got started. It was a little slow is what you uh, might would expect from an older wrestling match um, started out. I mean, it was good. But then um, just as soon as the old cherry came out um, from that point on, it was uh, pale to the metal. Let's go. Man, I love that I called that, too. Like when we were sitting there <laughs> talking about it, I'm like, why don't you just, when they first introduced the chair, just beat him with it, get a DQ, and then just beat the crap out of him because the next fight's a street fight, you know? Yeah. No, I, to me, I think this was 
like their first fall for this match was better than their other two out of three falls match. I think it kind of picked up a little bit more mm-hmm. like faster than that one because you knew it wasn't just like a normal two out of three falls match. So you knew other stuff was coming. Um, so I think they did, you know, for the first fall, I think they did a really good job of pacing themselves because like you said, once the chair came out, it was like pedal to the metal the entire time and they didn't slow down. Um, until the very, very end of the match, really. Well, as soon as that chair came out as well, they you know, had the DQ, and then they went straight through the crowd and did all the crowd stuff. So that was crazy, too. We had um, Levi over, Levi Bachelor, who was on our House of Hardcore episode. He watched it, and he had never watched NXT before, but he absolutely enjoyed himself. Uh, wasn't able to stay and be on the show, but uh, we had a good time watching it. But, man, like you said, it was pedal to the metal. They you know threw each other into the you know into the production boxes out there um and just crazy stuff and then we saw gargano do some sort of splash to cole and break through the barrier Uh, one of you guys i think it was you jerry that made the comment that you'd never seen the barrier break like that before um i thought that was pretty cool because you've seen spears and stuff like that but never just like a big splash yeah it's like a cross body like a modified cross body almost but i've never seen i mean it's it's always the same thing it's always a spear and they go through it and and that and that gets old you know uh and so to see this was was pretty cool it looked like something that was not planned like it was not meant to happen even though i'm sure it was right yeah and it they pulled out a lot of things that i felt like wasn't meant to happen but it was one thing that was not meant to happen andy i'll throw to you on this is when we get through the second fall um you have the insane what does gargano call the move where he shoots shoots him into the corner is it called a lawn dart lawn dart yeah, that's it. Yeah, so lawn, he lawn darts cole into the corner into the chair and then we get the gargano escape for the tap out and then we get the third fall the cage comes down we saw it in the pre-show with all the weapons strapped to it the barbed wire strapped to the top you know they start pulling down the weapons and beating each other with the kendo sticks that was awesome mm-hmm. but the crazy spot is where they set the two chairs up in the corner and gargano tornado ddt's cole onto the chairs the problem is he goes face first into the top of one of the chairs, not into the seat, into the top. Man, that was insane. Yeah, no, it was like, I, I don't know if like the chairs are too far over or like they rotated too far or whatever it was, but he he literally took the full front of like the hardest the hardest part of the ring is the apron, the hardest part of the chair is the back of that chair, and right. he, he took it straight to the face. Um, and like there are times when like you could tell that like they're overselling, and then there are times when you could tell that they were like in straight pain, and Cole was in straight pain the entire time. He grabbed his um, face as soon as yeah. he hit. I was I was honestly surprised that it didn't bust him open. Like he hit it that hard that like, I was surprised that there was no blood at all. Yeah. Um, but he took it like a, he took it like a champ, and you know continued through the match. I'm I would be very shocked if he didn't end up with like a concussion or some like something after that because it was brutal. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, hardest part of the chair. I think they didn't. Yeah, you're laughing, Jared. I know. Um, know We're gonna hear that from now on. Hardest part of the ring. Hardest part of the chair. Whatever. Um, I don't. I just. I don't think they got over far enough. It felt like that they didn't quite get all the way to the to the seat of the chair. I don't know, but that was vicious shot. It was crazy. Well, another thing that's going to relate to that, and I'm not sure if we're ready to go to it yet, was that final spot. I don't think that that went down as planned either. I mean, they overshot that first table, and I mean, 
if you hit the edge of one of those tables that don't break and then go into the next one, that can wreak havoc on your kidneys, break a rib. I mean, God knows what. Right. Yeah, they totally missed the first table, which in a sense is okay, but it looked like that they almost missed the second table too. Like, they probably hit it at like their waist level. So like they almost overshot that table as well. Of course, they were climbing up and they were both on top of the cage with barbed wire, which did not get used, which I was very disappointed about. Um, well, they tried, kind and, of. But it was smart how they did it because it was like nobody even remembered that he had barbed wire in his hand for the finish of the match. And right. so like you were like at the very end, you're like, that was an awesome spot. Oh, yeah, he had barbed wire in his hand. I completely forgot about that right. as well. Well, the, the, the part that, that we were all kind of upset, upset about, it, especially you, Andy, you sadi- <laughs> sadistic little person, you. Uh, <laughs> you're bigger than me, but I'll call you a sadistic little person. Uh, but uh, We saw the bag that usually always yeah. uh, signifies thumb and tags, indicates thumbtacks, yeah. and then he breaks that open, and it's just uh, that little like the well, wire was, pliers or whatever. And he also, the, I think there were some, yeah. like, three or four brass nuts brass in there and nugs, a chain yeah. in there or something there was like that. Yeah. and all that but he needed the wire cutter so they yeah. get the barbed wire right so uh yeah that that was just a little bit i mean you could you could actually hear the audience boo at yeah. first so yeah but then i think they kind of realized what he was going up for and they were like oh no this is fine yeah, like this, this will right. work out just as well this is fine and then andy i think it was you that said that you wanted to see he's might get a baseball bat yeah let's let's wrap i want to see barbie come out you know wrap the wrap the baseball bat in barbed wire and, and there, and go and there for was it. a baseball bat there they just didn't get yeah. to it um, but that was absolutely insane. The first thing that I thought of, of course, was Ambrose Asylum. And Jared, you said that you thought JBL had a match in something like this against Eddie Guerrero, maybe? It was, um, the more and more I thought about it, it was razor wire for that match. It was not barbed wire. Um, it was JBL or Eddie or both of them, but I'm 99% sure it was JBL that was in there. It was the same, uh, same steel cage they used tonight. It just had a razor wire at the top. I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to do this um, on the fly here, and it's... I'm not finding anything, but that could be because my phone's not loading. Come on, phone. Um, but nonetheless, an absolute crazy, like, we kind of hinted at this, and this could be our first pipe bomb or rabbit hole or whatever we're going to go down, but we hinted at the fact that WWE has been very critical by AEW for their violence and things like that, but we got... Quite a bit of weaponry tonight. Of course, we didn't see any blood. We didn't see any crazy chair shots. But, Andy, do you think there's going to be any kind of backlash from AEW about this? Well, I don't know about backlash or not because they've got – I think they've already had this this massive triple threat for All Out kind of already planned with Janela and Havoc and um, – uh, what's his name? Um, Darby. Yes. Um, and Darby so Allen. I think I think that was going to be crazy no matter what. Um, I think like something that they've already said was like they're not going to go like full attitude era with it, but they're going to get more like edgy with their stuff. And so I think yeah. this was like a great blend of not going like crazy, crazy, like bringing out like glass tubes and like <laughs> glass, like a sheet, gla- like a sheet plate of glass and like stuff like that. But it was still like chaotic and like they they use like. They were very innovative with like the weapons that they used and how they used it. So it wasn't like you're just normal run of the mill kind of boring extreme rules match. Like this was like as hardcore as it will probably get in the WWE, and it, I think it worked just as fine because um, I didn't need like 
I didn't need it to go like super super hardcore with it. Like mm-hmm. I I was you know we mentioned like the thumbtacks and I think I even brought up one time like fire and things like that. But like you don't you didn't need that for this type of match, and I think it worked kind of well for it. You also wanted a Canadian destroyer from. The I top want of the I want Adam Cole to hit a Canadian destroyer from like everywhere, with you, the, literally with everywhere, the, with the table on fire. Yeah, and everything. You, everything. All, you also wanted death, like somebody to die. <laughs> I think I also told uh 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 Io Shirai to drop. Candice LeRae on her neck. Yeah, I think I did say that one point. That happened. You did did say that. Um, But I think we'll talk about this more with SummerSlam, but it's out now that SummerSlam is going to be TV 14 rated. So I think NXT tonight was sort of a preview of what that might look like. Not necessarily risque like it used to be or attitude era like it used to be, but, you know, taking it to the next level as far as brutality goes. And and by the way, just to show everybody that I'm not a jackass. Um, no way out. Uh, 2005. It was JBL and Big Show, and they had like the barbed wire or uh, razor wire steel cage match. That was what I was trying to think of. Look at you coming up with a match from 2005. I know, right? That, that was that was during your dark age time. It was, but I went back and watched it. Uh, you did. That's true. Um, so the main event was absolutely insane. Um, Johnny Gargano in a losing effort. Uh, we read online before we started recording that Regal came out and kind of helped Jar- Johnny up and hugged him and almost like a send off. Um, I said before the match started, I think whoever loses goes to the main roster on either Monday or Tuesday. Do you guys think that's going to happen? Do you think Johnny goes up? Do you think he waits for Champa? Um, I mean, obviously, the way they were commentating this and the way that the match ended, this seems to be the end of Cole versus Gargano. What do you guys think? I mean, is it the right time for Gargano to go to the main roster? I I think it is. I just kind of – and I kind of have this worry with all of the NXT call-ups of getting lost in the shuffle, um, which some of the ones that I thought would like get lost in the shuffle have kind of like – actually flourished no more like I thought Ricochet would be one of the ones to get lost in the shuffle but they he's, he's main evented Raw twice with AJ Styles so I think yeah. I think he's fine um Aleister Black at for the moment has been used okay um well I think they're really protect they're trying to protect yeah, Aleister which I'm fine with because yep. that means they're going to use him for a big deal yep. I just don't what I don't want to happen is and I have nothing against 205 Live because it's some of the best wrestling out there I just don't want him to get pushed to 205 Live right like I would love to see him Come in and fight Nakamura for the IC belt. Come in and fight awesome. AJ Styles for the for the uh, United States Championship. Um, I'd love to see him come in for a role like that. So I think it would be fine if he got called up. I just hoping that they use him properly when they do. He's so the fans are so behind him. Yeah, like not, I would say not as much as they were in his feud with Andrade in the beginning of his feud with Champa, but they're still so behind him. I think it would be a shame to put him on 205 Live because you're missing out on all of that publicity and all of that, you know, um, pop from the fans and merch sales and things like that because let's face it, even though Triple H is somewhat behind 205 Live, those guys aren't getting pushed like the main roster guys are. You don't see a bunch of merch for Drew Gulag right. or for whoever. Right. You know, and Johnny Gargano is a guy that's gonna sell merch. Yeah. You he's a guy that you can make and I don't wanna I don't wanna put him in this bubble, but you can make kids stuff for him. Kids are gonna go nuts for a guy like Johnny Gargano right. like they would do for Bailey or, you know, whatever. Um, Jared, what do you think? 
I know that, again, we've expressed that we're nervous about him going to the main roster, but do you think it'll happen now, or do you think they'll wait a little longer? Uh, with Regal doing what they did or what he did, I mean, I think that it looks like it's coming, and I mean, uh, probably sooner rather than later. Do I have any confidence that if they send him up by himself, that they will do what's right? No. Um, I mean, well, let me take that back. If you put him on SmackDown and kind of incorporate him into what the SmackDown style has always been, more geared towards wrestling, um, some lucha libre, some of the lighter weight guys shorter guys but better wrestling action even going back to like benoit guerrero and all that good stuff if you do that with him i mean that just that little bit is all that it would take and if you do that with him uh, then, I, then i think now's the time to go ahead and that you could do that and uh, i think it, it would be okay at the very least um you could build him that way and then maybe send him over to raw and kind of uh, get him working with some of those other guys, and and I think that you could work it right. You know, you know everything they do, if they put enough thought into, they could work right and make right. But it's just a lot of times it seems like they don't. But uh, we'll see what happens with Heyman and uh, in charge and whatever Bischoff is or is going to do with you know being in charge or someone in charge or whatever whatever he's going to do. We'll see how that goes. Look at you, two mid-2000s references in the same night, and I didn't even have to prompt you. He's peaked. He's he's peaked. Look at you. Um, But no, I think you're absolutely right. I think anything that they put their mind to, they can really do. I just feel like if Vince sees a guy that is truly over with the fans, like Gargano is, as as in a true underdog like Gargano is, I think that's a guy that you got to push. Now, Andy, I think you hit the nail on the head. A Nakamura feud for the IC title would be perfect. An AJ Styles feud for the U.S. title would be perfect. Yeah. Let me just say this. You can ask the ladies. It takes me longer than that to peek. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Mic drop. We're done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of ladies... <laughs> Let's move on to your favorite lady of the night. Shayna Baszler retaining her uh, women's championship against Mia Yim. Now, I will say I was not paying attention to the majority of this match. Um, You're too busy filming. I was too busy filming things and doing homework and stuff like that. I had to have more than one person in a room. It had to be the right setting. I just, sorry, had to be done. Um, what you got? Go ahead and make your comment. Hello, Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, I'm just not a fan of Shayna's. Um, but I mean, she does okay. I just don't ever. I'm always against her. I don't really enjoy her matches. I don't. En- I don't enjoy her working style. But I mean, that's just not for me. Uh, Andy, I think is a big fan, so I'll let him take over. No, I I I think she's come a, a long way from when she started. Um, and I think she's one of the more like brutal workers like there are, there are because she does a lot of like the arm based stuff and she um, can manipulate joints, things like that. Her MMA background really comes out and kind of shows very well. Um, but honestly, I think this was probably her worst match. I think this was probably the worst NXT women's match we've seen in a long time. And it's not against either one of them. I just don't think that there was enough chemistry there. And I just don't think they worked really well together. And they, they were, tr- they were trying to tell like a weird story throughout the entire match um, and so it was just, I don't know, it was kind of off for me. I am a big Shayna Baszler fan. Um, I think she kind of gets more of a, a hard rap than um, she kind of deserves at times. And then yeah. there are other times when I see her wrestle, I'm like, no, yeah, she kind of deserves it every once in a while. 
Um, yeah. But I, I think this was kind of this one matches kind of didn't deliver. I think it was just kind of out there and was just eh. Well, I mean, uh, I think it was actually last episode, Chris, that me and you were talking, and I got us on the tangent of that I just don't think that women's wrestling um, is what it was there for a while whenever they were doing this whole women's revolution, and tonight um, it disappointed me again. Well, one match, though, that wasn't disappointing in the women's division (laughs) is Candice LeRae against Io Shirai. I, I... told you guys this while they were in this match i am so glad that they got the time that they deserve to really showcase what these two girls can do because we know what eo can do we've seen that in the may young classic we saw that against Shayna baszler um and we saw that in tag matches with kari saying things like that but this is candace array's first takeover match this is her first really big match in nxt i think she's wrestled on television quite a bit but everybody knows her as Johnny's wife. Now we know her as Candice LeRae and what she can do. Well, she reminded me a lot, um, and and when I've seen her before, and even tonight, just a little. But I mean, let me say before that I before I make this comparison, that she really impressed me tonight, and I don't think this applies. Um, as I would have before tonight. But she almost reminds me of like a Tennille Dashwood. Uh, really yep. good looking, has some wrestling skills, but is just kind of aloof. Like you can watch her footing. It doesn't seem like that she knows all the time where to go. She kind of makes an off step, or you can see she kind of gets herself off balance or going into like a suplex of some kind. You can see her kind of shifting her weight around, trying to get in the right position. It's not just natural for her normally. But tonight, for the bulk of that match, man, she impressed me and she did look like a natural i think so too for sure yeah no i I think this match was intended to help io shirai as a heel kind of get over even more but i think this match benefited candice LeRae more than that like don't get me wrong io totally came off like she needed to yep um and i think io shirai could be the biggest thing to come out of the nxt women's division since the four horsewomen Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think you mentioned this and I, I don't want to stick your thunder, but that you said nope. that she's probably one of the best, if not the best female wrestlers on NXT raw and SmackDown. Um, I, I totally agree with that. I think she's up there with the best, the best, either men or women. I agree. Um, Especially with this new heel persona. Yes, and, and it works really well, and she's got this new finisher that looks br- – her new submission finisher looks brutal. Um, but Candice LeRae, I mean, she absolutely came out here and was um, – she came out with a mission to show that yep. she's not just another NXT female wrestler, but she can hang with the best of the best. Where now – I want one of them to win the belt, and then I want one. Of, I want them to feud over that title for a long time because I think both of them could benefit from it. I think both of them are, are great workers who who could do something with it. I totally agree. I think that this was this was Candice LeRae's coming out party. Yeah, a hundred percent, it was. Well, I think basically just to sum up what you all said, she stepped out of Johnny Gargano's uh, shadow tonight. Yes, hundred percent. Right. And like on did. the on the independent scene, she like was her own person. Um, she was with that. She was in her, her tag team with with Joey Ryan, and like they were really big and popular. And she did a lot of crazy, crazy stuff. But now she's kind of like she's she's no longer when she came into NXT. Like you said, she was Johnny's wife, and now she's she is her own person. She's definitely stepped out of the shadow and stepped into the limelight. As I don't need you know someone else to kind of guide me along. I can do this on my own. And I think she showed that really, really well tonight. I just thought about this, and I feel like that this is another reason that I think Johnny's leaving because you look in the same night Johnny's leaving, we see Candace is coming out party. Yeah. So Jared, just like you just said, Candace now comes out of Johnny's shadow. <laughs> Johnny's now gone. 
now we let Candace shine and they're not together so people can make that, you know, comparison or put them together. Yeah, I, I think that that would be very, very smart move if, if they did that. But I do That's think why I should be on the creative team. But I do think that before long you will see both of them on the same brand because they've now set this precedent of trying to keep uh, girlfriends and boyfriends or um, husbands, and wives, husbands yeah. and wives or significant others or what have you together. So. Yep. Which is not a problem at all. No. I just feel like to build Candace, you need Johnny out of the way. So once she's established, then you can put them together. Totally get that. I'm totally on board with that. Um, but absolutely phenomenal match. Like I knew Candace was good and I and like you know, like you said, I made the comment about EO. I, I know she's great. These two to me, let's take the main event out of the picture because that match is just on a whole other level. Four brutality, two out of three falls, yada, yada. To me, and I know we're going to get to the next match, which you guys may disagree with me, but this match was match of the night for me. Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, I think it was match of the night. I, I, I think the main event was, but I thought this was a very close I just, second. I just said, discard the main event. Oh, okay. I did, I did not hear the discard. Yes. Discard right. the main event. I heard you say it was what's coming up next. Y'all may disagree, but I did not hear that. Right. Yeah, bite my head off. Come on, come on pal. Hey, hey. Hey, pal, listen up. Won't you just walk out there, get up on one of them things, do a little flippity flop, and just... Just don't even pay attention. Oh, right. you can't you can't be having discards when you make a statement. You dope, gotta dope, say dope. the statement. Dope, dope, dope. Jeez. Anyway, but aside from the main event, I think this was a match of the night. At least it was for me. Andy, what do you think? We're go- we're going to the triple yeah, threat match, uh, I know. Probably. Um I probably have to go back and watch the triple threat match yes. again. Because I I watched most of it. I was just kind of I was kind of attracted for the first little bit of it. Um, but I, I probably would agree with that. This was probably the second best match of the night by far. It's probably the best women's match we've seen since Ember and Oscar, maybe. I thought Ember, I thought Ember and Shayna had a really good run. Yeah, they did. They had some um, good stuff. Probably since that few. Well, I think Shayna and Kyrie, Kyrie Sane had a decent match every once in a while. They did, the but one, it wasn't it wasn't to the same level as the one where Kyrie won the title. I think was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. The one after that was kind of yes. lackluster. So yeah, yeah. Um, Evolution one was not good. No. I didn't think. But so yeah, I think this is the best women's match we've seen in in quite a while. Would you say um, the best one we've seen since um, Sasha and Bailey? I can't say for sure. I don't know because I think Os- when Oscar first beat Bailey for the NXT title it was that yeah, was a big match yeah, that was that was a big feel if you say you go back to bailey and sasha we forget the whole oscar era so i don't i don't think we can do that but i don't know which specific oscar match that i would say i, I don't know that that's a good question maybe that's something for us to go back and check out what's your favorite nxt women's match for all of you out there that are listening besides sasha and bailey <laughs> obviously um between sasha and bailey and tonight uh tweet us Send us a message on Facebook. We're at Music City Mania on all those platforms. Let us know what you think. Yeah, discard. Discard Sasha and Bailey. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, pal. Um, Speaking of the triple threat match, what did you guys think? Pete Dunne, Roddy Strong, and Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. Uh, Velveteen Dream sneaking away with the win. Very sneaky finish. Um we talked about that this match could steal the show. I know, Andy, you said you have to go back and watch it, but 
do you think first time going through that it lived up to the hype? I think it did um, for the most part. I think it kind of started off a little slow, but most of these matches kind of start off slow to build to the end of of the actual match itself. Um, I think all three guys looked fantastic in it. All three guys got a moment to shine. Um, Velveteen Dream with his entrance was amazing. I mean, it's just it's it literally when he says the Velveteen Dream ex- like Velveteen Dream experience, it's literally an experience, and that's what he goes for every time, and it works. Um, did not expect him to win. Uh, to be quite honest, I thought he would drop the belt to either Dunn or Roddy. So him winning, I don't know where Obviously. he goes now. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but um, but I'll, I I really do enjoy the finish of the match. I thought it was a great way to kind of get him over. Um, and he hit one of the. It was like we thought he was going for a coast to coast. At one point, he hit the purple rainmaker out of nowhere, and it was it was absolutely Dude, amazing. That was an insane yeah. spot. Oh my gosh, Jared, you mentioned you'd never seen somebody come across the ring that far, that fluidly, and hit that perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, like when Shane does it, you kind of kick your legs out to kind of give you that last little bit of extension. But I mean, with with an elbow drop that you're doing with the upper part of your body to make it clear across that ring, I mean, that's athleticism, man. Absolutely, it helps that he's probably like six four, yeah. six five. He's, he's, he's a tall yeah. dude. Big Big dude. dude. Um, And I think this match did a really good job of reminding us how good Pete Dunne is because he held that uh, UK title for 500 and something days. I don't remember the exact number, but then he dropped it to Walter. And then I haven't followed NXT as closely. I normally watch the takeovers, obviously, but the in-between time I don't follow as close. I don't know that we've heard a lot from Pete Dunne since he dropped the title to Walter. Andy, do you know if what he's done since? Uh, I think they had so after he dropped the belt to Walter. I think they had another rematch on oh, the NXT takeover? UK. Okay, um, on one of the TV tapings, I think they had a rematch. Oh, okay. Um, and then like after that, I think that's when he kind of came, and that's when he started the feud with Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong because Roddy came out and like challenged Velveteen Dream for it, and then Pete Dunne came out um, and kind of dropped both of them with with a move. So. Um, I, I think that's like the only time he's kind of come. I kind of hope he's, I don't want to say done with NXT UK, um, but he's one of those guys that like he, you could put him in any situation anywhere and he's he's going to do the best he can. It's going to be a really, really good match. Well, you mentioned, uh, and I'll steal your thunder, you mentioned a main roster call up for him in a feud with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And how awesome that would be. That, fantastic. Would be. I, that would be great to see that. Like that, to me, that's a perfect matchup for Pete Dunne. Yeah. Is Daniel Bryan. I mean, Definitely. what a match that would be. And Jared, you mentioned, or Adian mentioned to us that it's really funny how this story's coming full circle with Pete Dunne and Roddy Strong and how at NXT TakeOver New Orleans is where Roddy turned and joined us for there. And you had forgotten that that's exactly where that happened, and we were there. Uh, just going back and thinking about that night and how cool that TakeOver was. Uh, but I thought the match... I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought it was good. I thought Roddy got showcased well. Um, he's the one that we kind of worry about when he goes to the main roster, if he doesn't go to Undisputed Era or with the Undisputed Era. What do you think of the match overall? I thought it was really good. Um, you know, whenever that we went to these, well, even both of the NXTs, um, the first one more so than the second one, but I didn't watch NXT. Uh, right. But but rarely. I mean, like, you know, some Sasha matches, uh, some some people that would come up from the main roster. Alistair Black, I remember you were a huge fan of at that point. Yeah. Um, I, I would kind of go back and watch. 
And then there were a few names that like I would fast forward through a lot of the NXT through until I saw this particular person and I would watch whatever match or whatever promo or like a storyline backstage skit or something. But um, for both of these men, uh, some of these people, and you know, they come up to the main roster and you look back and at that time, I really didn't know who they were. And it's almost like at the time I really wasn't paying attention. I was just like, oh, this is a great match, but I don't know who these people are. Right. So... You know, I I feel like that all three of these guys definitely have a spot on the main roster. It's just a matter of when, not if, but when uh, that they get called up. So I'm pretty anxious for all three of these guys to get caught up to see what they're going to do with them. Um, I think you could easily a way to not have Roddy get lost in the shuffle and not have Gargano get lost in the shuffles, bring them to the main roster and have them feud. I think that would be nice. Um, you could tell the story of Cole and Gargano and their and their feud, but not necessarily have them feud. Just have Gargano feud with the other guys and have it harken back to that. I think that'd be a good idea. Speaking of the rest of the Undisputed Era, we of course kicked off the um, NXT show with a tag match. Jason um, texted me before the match started. He wasn't able to come over and watch it tonight, but he texted me and he said, Death, taxes, and NXT takeover starting with a tag match. And I texted him back. I said, the three things you can count on in life. (laughs) Death, taxes, and a tag match. Um, Street Profits retained the tag titles against Fish and O'Reilly. I will say that this tag match fell a little flat for me. And the only reason I say that, and I'm not taking away from it being a great match because it was. But we're so used to all of these insane tag matches starting off TakeOver. I just didn't get that from this match. Yeah, um, the Street Profits I haven't watched a whole lot of. But I, you know, I've seen some of their promos that they've done on Raw. That was honestly, I think, I think that was the first time I've seen them. Um, Probably. But uh, if, if I based my opinion of them solely on this match tonight... I don't have much of an opinion uh, towards them. I mean, it's uh, I think that they're above average, but not by much. I don't think they're anybody that's going to stick out. If we base it on solely what I've seen tonight, I haven't seen anything else really. Except we talked the the four way ladder match, the last takeover where they won the titles. But that's really it. That's you've got that match and this match, which that one you have a filter of two other teams and ladders. Well, I mean, by, by the time I ended up, you know, I watched that. And again, it goes back to if I go into a match and don't really know who somebody is, unless they just really, really impress me, even in this case, if they win, then I think, oh, that's an awesome match. And then I forget. Like, if you sure. would have said who won that match, I could have probably told you the other teams, but I would have been like, who was it that, 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 that won that match? Right. And so they did not do any kind of good job as far as making themselves uh, stick out tonight either. Right. Uh, Andy, you mentioned, I know I asked you where the Street Profits came from. I thought they'd come from ROH, but you said you thought that they're homegrown talent, which is nice because it seemed to me their gimmick seems like what WWE tried to do with Crime Time in the late 2000s, early 2010, stuff like that. And it just happens to work because it's an NXT, not on the main roster this time. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're two really, really entertaining guys. Sure like they're they absolutely, they're hilarious together. And they're athletic. They're athletic. Um, Angelo Dawkins is a powerhouse. He hit two spears tonight that were both of them were brutal. Yep. Uh, Montez Ford is very athletic. He's like he's a I forget he's like I think he's they said he was 
six six something, something like that, that but he's like a lengthy six six mm-hmm. um so like they're they're both really like they're both really talented and tonight I, I don't know if it felt short for me necessarily i think it was exactly what i thought it was going to be um it definitely wasn't the best like nxt takeover tag match that we've ever seen um but i don't think it was like the the worst thing in the world either i think it was sure. a, it was a good way to start off the show um i, I truly thought that undisputed era was going to win it um, to be quite honest, because I thought that they kind of put the the belts on the street profit because they were kind of one of the um, like the they were the team that nobody thought would win. Yeah. At twenty five, um, and so now that they won, I thought they would kind of have like a really small short reign, uh, short reign. Um, but I mean, they won, so who knows what could happen from here? I think the only reason why they're on the main roster right now is for like advertisement for NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense to keep the belts on them each and every week, even though they never mention that they're NXT tag team champions. And it also gives the main roster a funny haha spot for Raw without taking away yeah main roster guys. Yeah. So I think that makes a lot of sense too. Unless you put Seth Rollins with them, and then it just becomes awkward because that that's true. That segment was very awkward. Yes, that did not is work. True. Um, so yeah, I like, I'm not saying it was a bad tag match. I don't want to say they're bad wrestlers because they're clearly, they're good right. wrestlers yeah, and they yeah. wouldn't be there. Right. Um, and it was a good tag match. I'm just thinking of the classic tag matches that we've seen, um, uh, matches that we've seen open the show and it just didn't do that for me. But then the very next match was EO and Candace and I was all in at that point. No pun intended. Um, so question that we have to ask every time we watch a takeover NXT always raises the bar every time they do a show. Was this takeover as good as the last one? Was it better? Was it worse? What do we think? I definitely don't think this was as good of a takeover as either one of the two that we attended. Oh, no, no, no. Um, well, that's because we went to the best takeover ever. Well, there's that. But um, Just saying. Uh, yeah. I don't think that anything will stick out in my mind months from now, except for that main event. Um, you know, and, and part of that could just be because of uh, it was basically like a, a TV fourteen type match. I mean, yeah. it was it was hardcore, uh, especially there at the end, and you know the barbed wire, the steel cage, the toys uh, that that they brought in, all that good stuff makes it stand out. On top of that, you have two. I mean. Probably two of the best in the world, at least uh, top ten. Top ten. So uh, I think that's all that'll stick out from this show. So I'm going to say that this is one of the one of the not so good ones. I would tend to agree with you, honestly. Like that match is going to stick out to me. I think Candice and EO is going to stick out to me, just because my expectations weren't. They weren't super high for that match. I thought they would meet expectations, and they, to me, they exceeded them. And I know I'm going to keep putting that match over and over, but uh, I was very impressed with that match. Andy, what do you think, comparative speak, comparatively speaking? Yeah, I, I don't think it was the best. Um, I, I think it was, you know, I don't think it was as good as as Takeover 25. I don't think it was as good as the last few we've had. Um, I don't know if I'd make. I, I don't know if it was. And, and when we're saying it's like one of the worst. Like the worst of NXT Takeover is still better than most other pay per views. That is very like true. it's the 100%. worst Takeover is still like a great pay per view for the main Absolutely. roster. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I would say the worst. This was one of the worst. I just think it was an average Takeover, and that's fine. Like yeah. an average Takeover every once in a while. The main event was probably the best main event we've seen in Takeover in a long time, if not ever. 
Um, it was. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, that the last match was. I don't, I don't know. It had some of the most memorable spots. I'm gonna say that Takeover New York. That that match. There two I, out of three falls there. Yes, I think I, this one was that better. I enjoyed more than this I would, one. I preferred this one it's more. I was there because. Well, that's true. You're biased, but <laughs> I am. And um, Johnny won. Dang it. <laughs> That's why I didn't like it. No, um, I I think it, I think this one I prefer this two out of three falls match over that one, um, strictly because I'm not a huge fan of two out of three falls match because sure. if they're a normal two out of three falls match, nobody cares until the third fall and then everyone gets ramped up for it. This one was different because it was like a three stages of hell match where like there was three completely different matches. Even the normal match was still really really good. Yeah, it was. Um, so I, I think I preferred this one over that one. This is one of the best takeover main events we've seen in a long, long time. Yep. Um, first time in a long time, if ever, we've had two women, like two women's matches. We talked about that. Yeah. I think it is the first, probably the first time ever. And the the one that stole the show, the one that was the better one, I didn't really think would be the better one. Right. Um. So that was that was a really cool moment. Um. Yeah. I, I think it was just kind of an average, average takeover. And there, you know, it's it's whatever. I, I think it'll still be better than SummerSlam. Um, but oh, I think it's no. an average takeover. Not now. Not I do. Now. No, I think I think SummerSlam is probably going to top this. But I will say this: <laughs> I can't do it without laughing. <laughs> Discard. <laughs> Discard. Um, the previous NXTs and um, like AEW pay per views that we've seen. I will say that this is probably. Uh, other than like WrestleMania, this has been one of the best pay-per-views that WWE has put on uh, this year. It's mm-hmm. just that when you compare it to past NXTs, then I will go as far as to say this was lackluster. Right. So. I don't think this was better than Extreme Rules from this from this I year. I don't either, to be honest. I think Extreme Rules was the best pay-per-view they've done this year. And Money in the Bank was actually pretty good yeah. too, but I, I think Extreme Rules was better than Money yeah. in the Bank. Um, even the even like how Extreme Rules ended, I wasn't a, a huge fan of. But it worked. But it still worked, and it, it you know it was, it was fine. Um, and I, I don't know. I just I think it was just an average takeover. I think and it we're, we're just not used to saying that NXT takeovers were just okay, right? Or it was just fine, or whatever. That's not what we're used to. So I, it's not that we're dragging down the NXT product or anything like that. It was. It was a really, it was a good show with a great main event. It wasn't a great show with, and you know, the main event was awesome, but like it wasn't. The rest of the undercard didn't back it and up. It, it kind of felt like a transition takeover because a lot of this, like the only, which is interesting because the SummerSlam one is normally the you know one of the bigger ones of the year, right? Um, and I, I think like the the main event was the only one that like the feud came to an end. Like yeah. I, I think so. Um, EO and Candice, I don't think that feud's over. Um, I hope not. The the Street Profits and Undisputed Era, I think it just started. I don't think that one's over for a while. And even like the Triple Threat, I don't think all three of those guys are, are done yet. Maybe, I hope Shayna and me are kind of over right now. Um, but like I, I still think this was just kind of a weird takeover of like, this was just kind of thrown out there to kind of move us forward. Sure. I think. And that, you know, and sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes yep. you have to have a, a pay-per-view or a takeover or something like that to kind of progress things forward. I thought that's what 25 would be. Um, but I, you know, I think 25 was better than this one. Yeah, I do too. Um, so we talked about SummerSlam as we get ready to wind down here. You guys are probably listening to this before SummerSlam. So we'll go ahead and give, you know, some predictions and let's talk about SummerSlam. Jared, you said, you think SummerSlam is going to be better than this? Um, I know we previewed SummerSlam on this, this week's episode available in the archives. Go check that out. It's a fun show because we also, uh, did a little teach along little thing. We're going to, we're going to keep going with later, but 
what are you, as you've had some time to think about it, we recorded that on Wednesday. You've had a couple of days to think about it. What are you looking forward to most about SummerSlam? The Fiend. The Fiend. The Fiend. And even though he probably won't be in the demon persona, you have him against the demon Finn Balor. Right. Um, man, I'm looking forward to that. And honestly, the more that I think about it, um, I think that Seth and Brock is really going to be interesting. Especially um, now with this TV 14 thing. Yeah. Seth is going to get murdered. Literally. Like, we I, might, we might have a funeral Monday night for Seth Rollins on Raw. Uh, I think we're going to see one of two things. We either see a repeat of John Cena and Brock Lesnar, where that Brock Lesnar just completely destroys Seth through the whole match and then pins him. Yeah. Or you're going to see Seth Rollins finally beat Brock in probably what will be a bloody match yeah. with no crotch shot. Like he somehow just legit beats him. Well, like I either said way, it, I'm good. I said it before we even started with NXT. I think that we're going to see a repeat of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 34. Or if Randy Orton at SummerSlam a couple years back, Seth is going to get busted. It's going to be brutal. And then Seth could turn around and win it. And that's going to put him back over the top as the champion he needs to be. Because, Jared, you had mentioned about how you didn't think his character was going in the right direction with this whole Becky thing. Well, if you take the Seth from the end of Extreme Rules, where he beats the snot out of Baron Corbin and fights for his girl or whatever... And then if you turn that into, you know, he's angry, all he has to do now is to beat Brock Lesnar, and then Brock busts him open, and then he turns back around and curb stops him three times and beats him, I think that'll do a long way in pushing Rollins back to the top of the roster. Yeah, I, th I think this needs to be and could be very easily a good redemption story to kind of get that Seth Rollins character back on track. I think so. And if WWE is smart, I think that's what they'll do. Uh, Andy, what are you looking forward to most with SummerSlam? Well, I think the match I'm looking forward to the most is The Fiend and, and Finn Balor for sure. sure. Um, I'm interested to see what, with Charlotte and Trish. I think that's kind of a, a good one. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon could be very interesting as well because I think Shane's going to do something ridiculous yeah um hopefully oh. that writes oh. him off tv forever um <laughs> so you know i just I, I i think it's going to be and the reason why i said takeover is might be better than SummerSlam is because for me i think sometimes we we think a lot is going to happen at these big shows and then it's just kind of sometimes like the run of the mill like right. the same thing happens like you know seth rollins could crotch shot brock lesnar pin him one two three and it's just the status quo as as always sure um, I really hope that doesn't happen, um, but I, I don't. I don't know. I think SummerSlam normally is because I remember last year SummerSlam was really good, it was really good. Um, except for the, I wasn't a huge fan of how it ended. But oh, I was, I loved it. It's that whatever. Great. Um, not it. I wasn't a huge Roman fan then. Well, I like him now. I enjoyed um, it because Brock got beat. That's true. Um, but I think this year, I think this year could be a very surprising and, and a really good show overall. I tell you why it's going to be good. And why it's going to be surprising? You said shame, but man, it's going to be. Hey Shane, won't you climb up there and jump off of that that Titantron there? You do a little flippity flip, flippity flop, loop de loo, and come right down, and then we'll 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 put you on a stretcher and write you off TV for a while. I would love to say, hey Doc, I wish somebody would say. I mean, I wish. It could be me, but I wish a wrestler would say, Hey, Doc, why don't you get your big clumpy fat ass up there and you jump off something? Uh, no, I ain't doing that. But hey, if, if you won't do it, I know Jeff will. Hey, Jeff. 
God. <laughs> Jeff's like, oh crap. <laughs> this thing. one might do me in. <laughs> I think Jeff's injured right now. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think SummerSlam, I'm looking forward to all those things that you guys said. Of course, the one I'm looking forward to the most that I think is going to be the match of the night is AJ Styles versus Ricochet. I think if, oh, yeah. if you listen to Edge and Christian's podcast this week, which is a SummerSlam preview slash they go through their favorite SummerSlam moments as fans and as performers, it's really interesting. Go check it out. But they brought up a good point. It's like if AJ and Ricochet get the right time and they will incorporate stuff, even though they've wrestled a few times, that we haven't seen, and that's going to make that match. Well, I mean, this could be something almost like, well, it could be as good or better than something that we would see that uh, Dave Meltzer would absolutely just, I'm not even going to say, him say off. over. <laughs> 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 There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be six stars in the Tokyo Dome, brother. I think this could be something worthy of being in that main event at a Tokyo Dome if they let it be. And yep. I mean, I hope to God they do. I mean, this could be so good. Yep. I would just love to see that. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be, I think that easily could be match of the night. Um, For sure. And I think this could be like the feud of the summer between these two because mm-hmm. they haven't really, like, even some of their slower matches haven't been bad. They've been no. really, really good. So I, I think it's going to be a really really good match well let me ask you this both of you if you could book them we're going to book the territory for just a second for one match if you could book them in a match of any any of your choice what kind of match would you book them in and how would the finish go some sort of spectacular finish what would you do ladder match and how would that end? all day long um i would have you remember the spot that Jeff Hardy used to do where he would springboard over one ladder and come down on the guy? Right. I would have Ricochet springboard over and do a 630 on AJ. Oh, my. Um, that would be that would kind of be the ending spot. Okay. Uh, but then I would have Ricochet climbing up the ladder, <laughs> and then I would have from out from under the ring, the demon comes out and joins the OC, tips the ladder over, and sends Ricochet outside, and then AJ climbs up and gets the title. Okay, Andy. That, that'd be my finish. Top it. You can't top that. <laughs> AJ drops Ricochet on his neck, and he no. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think a ladder match is the right way to go. But I think if you're gonna do it, um, I think Ricochet needs to go for a massive move like a six thirty off mm-hmm. the top of the ladder or something, mm-hmm. and he completely misses. Mm-hmm. Um, and Styles goes for mm-hmm. the Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, hits it. Um, but then like some shenanigans happen or something where like the OC comes running down. Then I would love it if Finn came out, just normal Finn, say three months from now after Bray Wyatt has literally murdered him on SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. He comes running out because the club, the OC's beating yep. on Finn or beating on Ricochet. Ricochet. He kind of fins them off, picks up Ricochet, drops him with a Pele kick. They all form together. The OC's right there. One, two, three, AJ picks up the belt. The only reason that I said come up from under the ring is because if he's the demon i think that would make sense yeah uh, yeah know, that because then you get the surprise if he's not running out or anything there's you know ricochet's already dismantled the club they're all laid out there's nobody else to stop him and then here comes right demon okay so what's the move that aj does where he like puts them puts their head like underneath him and styles they grab, clash okay styles clash so i would do a tlc match 
I would do a Styles Clash from somewhere near the top of the ladder through how a table. You, That'd be fantastic. That? How do you? You have the referee. How, you how have the referee hold the ladder. Oh my god! And then AJ's at the top, and he literally just like goes for a power bomb and just flips him down and I guess jumps off. Well, I mean, you saw Jericho do that kind of like line tamer type deal. Yeah, yeah just kind of do something top. like that and lean over, kind of grab yourself up on you know you have your feet planted on one of the rungs toward the top, and then just kind of both of you go flat. And yeah. just through a table. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could even turn the table sideways, and that might be better instead of having it lengthwise. Well, you could have a, two tables. You and, could have yeah. AJ turned around on the ladder to where he's facing out, and you could have kind of like how they hit the top rope. Yeah, yeah, you could have Ricochet kind of hanging there like he's trying to climb up, and then AJ just reached down, and Ricochet could do a handstand almost. Yeah, right. And get him down there. I wondered about that. That was almost going to be my finish. I'm like, but how logically can you do that? Or just I hit a Canadian destroyer from the top of the ladder. And Canadian destroyer through the table from top of the ladder on fire, on fire it. With, the, with glass on top hey I'm gonna yeah. beat everybody I'm gonna kill them all I'm gonna break all their necks and drop them on their heads hey. give me the belt <laughs> so uh, SummerSlam is gonna be awesome regardless if we see people dropped on their head or not uh, we hey, all Go- know what- hey Goldberg's in there man that, that's oh more than Lord. likely gonna happen oh, oh my lord Dolph Ziggler's gonna die Dolph Ziggler may died like we, we said we have a funeral for Seth the reason why it's TV 14 <laughs> is because no, the reason why it's TV 14 is because Goldberg's going to bust himself open before he even comes out there, get concussed, and not know what he's doing, and then drop off on, drop his, on his neck. Yeah. Why, why does he not, just before he comes out from behind the closed door, take his fist, which has a glove on it, hit the door, come out, everybody thinks you've hit your head. Exactly. Like you used to do. you can put some blood on your head, you know? Yeah, Do's I mean, like you could take just like a little bitty razor and just like barely stick it to your head. <laughs> so it looks like a little, like, you know, drop of blood. Yeah. You hit the door, you come out, nobody knows any different, and you don't halfway kill yourself. You concuss yourself before right. the match even He's starts. He's done it one of his last two matches, I think. I mean, has he, he ever, has he ever not done it? Well, I'm talking about actually like concussing himself. Oh, oh he, well, no, he did it before knows, a promo. Uh-huh. Remember? That's right. He, he hit himself because during the promo, he just has like a little bleed of blood, drum yeah, blood yeah, yeah, just yeah. drawing down his face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it on Raw that yeah, he came yeah. out and just couldn't quit bleeding? Yeah. Yep. 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 So, uh, SummerSlam is tonight. If you're listening on Sunday, tomorrow night, if you're listening as soon as we drop this. Um, it's going to be a good show. I don't know if it'll be better than last year because I was overly impressed with last year's show. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll be coming to you on either Monday or Tuesday with our report on SummerSlam and what we think. And then next Friday, as you're hearing this, I think next Friday is, I don't know what the date is, the 16th, I want to say something like that, um, will be the Music City Mania finale, year one for the road. Uh, we will send that to you, and then we'll be letting you know all over social media about when we are coming back and with some new stuff. Wait, awesome. I have one more finish. So oh if, you, if you were to book a TLC match between AJ and, and Ricochet, okay. you could have Ricochet climbing up the ladder to get something if it's hanging or to, like do, or to do a move or whatever. You have AJ go up the top rope as if he's going to do a moonsault. He jumps from the top, does a Pele to Ricochet. Ricochet goes flying off through a table, and then AJ comes over and pins him one how does AJ land a Pele and not break his neck? You just keep flipping on over. Okay. It'd be just like a moonsault. You just connect with the Pele. I guess. Man. You, you're trying to kill the guy. <laughs> That's Andy. <laughs> <laughs>
That is true. That is true. All right, boys. Thanks for hopping on. This was fun. Yeah, it was good. Let's do it again tomorrow night. Sounds good. All right. Um, for Andy and for Jared, um, you'll hear from, hopefully you'll hear from Brad tomorrow night as well. He's going to come over and hang out with us. So we're going to watch a little SummerSlam. And then we will be bringing you all of the news and results from that. I'm going to try to grab his beard during, like, while we're recording and make him go, ah! I think I think it'll be funny. <laughs> that would be hilarious. All right, boys, this was fun. Um, like I said, we got a couple more shows to go, and we will give you some more info as we catch you guys down the road here on the Music City Mania podcast. For Jared and Andy, I am your phenomenal host, Chris Melcher. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you guys tomorrow. Hey, 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 hey.